Y'all ready to finish up the series on James? We're in week five. We're wrapping it all up, and we've been having a lot of fun. At least I have, because I've been able to play with Legos up here. And we've been talking about different tools and, and blueprints of the series, because we believe the Bible gives us the building blocks and the blueprint for a spirit-filled life of meaning, purpose, and beauty. And it's been a ride. I mean, this has been a challenging, exciting dive into James. And so I trust and believe that if you have pressed into this series, that there's no doubt you've been able to take some steps forward in your walk of faith. As you've taken what you've learned and put your faith into action. Now, if that hasn't happened yet, I trust and believe that will happen for you today. I mean, this is what the series is about. The entire book of James is about putting our faith into action. And so that's our focus today. We know that we don't just sit around reading blueprints or instruction manuals for fun. I mean, does anyone do that here? Maybe Jerry, a builder, might, right? He might, he might get a lot of joy reading blueprints. I personally don't sit around reading instruction manuals. I take what I read. That's the purpose. We all t- read those instruction manuals, and then we put it into action. Unless you're one of those people, like my, my dad, who doesn't like looking at the instructions and just figures it out, and then it all kind of catches fire. <laughs> Sometimes, literally. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> my dad's a handyman. Okay. Let's move on. We're going to dive into James 5. We're going to read it in its entirety, but we have one more text tool for us today. You've seen all the tools we've acquired to help us dive deeper into the text. Well, today's is called Talk It Out. Okay? So sometimes, if you're working on a project, you need a second opinion. Maybe something did go wrong. Maybe you have no idea what's going on. So you phone a friend, right? With a walkie-talkie, apparently. Thank you, Miles, for letting me borrow your gizmos. Uh, Talk it out. That is today's text tool. You see, when we read the Bible, sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we are excited and like, oh my goodness, you get a new understanding. The thing is, our faith was never meant to be fully private. There's a private component to it, but it's meant to be shared in community, and that is the case with the Bible as well. And so when we open up and talk with others about what we read, we find that sometimes the thing we're excited about that we read in the Bible is the very word another person needed to hear. Other times when we are confused and we have no idea what's going on, we can find understanding by talking to wise counsel that we have, one of our friends. Uh, And in general, we know that two heads— or three heads, or four, are better than one. And so when we take our faith into the community, including our Bible reading, we often find that our understanding, our love, and our passion for what we read deepens, and it also takes root. And so that is our tool to talk it out today. And since the series is all about putting our faith in action, I have a wonderful opportunity for all of us in just a minute. We are going to read James 5. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity to put your faith into action by discussing with those uh, that you're seated with what stands out to you in that text. Some of you want to flee right now, I understand. Uh, Some of you are not even going to pay attention during the reading because you're so nervous and you're shaking. I respect you and your feelings. I truly do. So if if this is just going to give you like a full-on panic attack— You don't have to participate. We're not forcing anyone here. But my encouragement is just to those near you, 
to just have a little conversation. We'll have some questions on the screen to guide you. It'll only last about two minutes. Then you can stop sweating and we'll keep on going. And then there'll be no more interaction after that, okay? Does that sound like something we can agree on? All right. Well, let's dive into James 5. If anyone heads for the door, uh, this is the time because my head will be down reading the Bible, so I won't notice. All right, hear the word of the Lord from James 5. Look here, you rich people, weep and groan with anguish because all the terrible troubles ahead of you. Oh, James, it's just so heavy. Your wealth is rotting away, and your fine clothes are moth-eaten rags. Your gold and silver are corroded. The very wealth you are counting on will eat away your flesh like fire. <laughs> Welcome to Hope Church. <coughs> here to give you good news. This corroded treasure you have hoarded will testify against you on the day of judgment. For listen, hear the cries of the field workers who you have cheated of their pay. The cries of those who harvest your field have reached the ears of the Lord of heaven's armies. You have spent your years on earth in luxury, satisfying your every desire. You have fattened yourselves for the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed innocent people who do not resist you. So, dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen, and you too must be patient. So take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you'll be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endured under suffering. For instance, you know about Job. He was a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end. For the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. But most of all, my brothers and sisters, never take an oath, by heaven or earth or anything else. Just say a simple yes or no so that you will not sin and be condemned. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? Well, you should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. The Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was a human, just as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. And then he prayed again, and the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. We give thanks to God for the reading of his word. And now the moment we have all been waiting for to put our faith into action. I got some questions on the screen. Please be courteous to those around you. If anyone asks you to please put on a mask, please can do that out of the kindness. Two minutes tops. Ready? Go. And if you're on the live stream, 
chat it up, okay? All right. Okay, like 30 more seconds or so. Boy, part of me really doesn't want to have to cut you off, but I know some of you are just ready for me to call it. And I, I did promise it'd only be a couple minutes, so go ahead and wrap up your conversation and we'll come back together. All right, how was that? How was that for you all? Did you find value in talking with those near you? I mean, it was hard for me to get you to stop, so I think that's a good sign. There is value in talking about God's Word together. And so that is our tool today. But let's go ahead and unpack some of this. You know, my reflection of this chapter of James, chapter 5, kind of feels like James wants to get everything else in there that he hasn't been able to address before. He's just thing after thing after thing, and it's seemingly disconnected, but it actually does follow a certain path. And so... It all begins with that warning to the rich. 
And once again, James isn't pulling any punches now, is he? Now, there is an important distinction James makes for us. You see, riches themselves are worthless. He's not saying that the rich, the people with riches themselves, are worthless. See, those with wealth are not being condemned. It's a significant warning, however, for all of us. Because he's reminding us to not place our hope, our trust, or all of our attention, our purpose, our longings on things that ultimately don't matter. Things that ultimately fade away. Martin Luther has a great uh, quote. He said, I have held many things in my hands, and I have lost them all. But whatever I have placed in God's hand, that I still possess. Isn't that good? Yeah. You see, James, he's re-emphasizing Jesus's, his, his brother's, teaching on the danger of wealth and riches. Everything we have here will fade away, but we want to store up treasures in heaven. And so he's addressing his audience in the books, but we all know we need to hear this again too, don't we? Because we get distracted by anything that's shiny. And I was just looking for another pocket knife online the other day. How many pocket knives does one man need? The answer is one. How many do I have? I will not answer that here. <laughs> have you ever had it when you order something online and you are just so excited for that thing to arrive? And then it finally comes and all of a sudden it's almost like you're more excited for the anticipation than the actual item? We're kind of hardwired to desire things, and it's a very slippery slope for all of us. And that's why Jesus and James and other writers like such as Paul have hounded on this idea of do not put your faith in things. Do not store up treasures on earth, but in heaven. And so to help keep us grounded, James reminds us of our purpose. See, what is our purpose on earth? It's not to seek pleasure. It's not to acquire the most, to collect riches and pocket knives. No, James equates living a life for things as though he calls it like we're the fattened calf. That we're just filling ourselves with things that ultimately lead to our own death. The love of money, the love of things, all leads to sin. And that's not our purpose. Our purpose is to live out our faith for the king for his purposes, and all to his glory. Our purpose is to see his kingdom break through right here on earth as it is in heaven. Our purpose is to serve the Lord wherever he leads and however he calls us to be his hands and feet. Our lives are not meant to be wasted, but lived out fully sent by the Spirit as we each live into our high and holy calling as children of the one true God. And as we do that, as we fight for that, by trying to put our faith into action, well, as it says in verse 7 and 8, there is value in waiting on the Lord. We long to follow his lead, his guidance, and so we wait. Now, waiting is pretty important in life. Uh, having patience is this, this thing we all long for, this fruit of the Spirit, right? And uh, it's like any recipe that's kind of worth its salt. You often have to be a little patient when you're making it. I had a roommate, amazing guy, terrible cook, okay? <laughs> I, I want to invite you in to how he made spaghetti. 
my good buddy would take dry noodles and put them in a pot and then put in the water and then set that on the stovetop. And then you turn on the heat and he's stirring the dry noodles in the cold water as it comes to heat, waiting until the noodles are soft. Sometimes the water would boil, sometimes it never would. And he's just sitting there stirring. And then he, <laughs> he, ta he takes the noodles, he drains, he drains them, puts them right on a plate, takes the jarred saw sauce and poured it right on the hot noodles and mixed it up without ever heating up the sauce. Believe yeah, whoa, <laughs> what a savage. And he was. For one, he didn't even boil the water before he put the noodles in. And now this, he thought the heat of the noodles was enough to heat up the sauce. And I told him, he says, I'm just too lazy to do it that way. <laughs> Good buddy, terrible cook. The end result, I guess, is technically the same. I guess you could call it spaghetti, but it was missing all the flavor, all the right texture, all the goodness. And in our journey of faith, the patience, it produces the flavor. When we marinate in God's presence, in his word, the good stuff happens and comes out. Waiting and resting in his presence, courageously seeking him in the silence will allow us the breath we need to align our hearts with his once again and only move as he leads. It allows us to pause our own agenda and then God can fill us with his presence and his path. And so we take courage because we also know he is coming again to reclaim this land. We look ahead even to the suffering and the hardships that we will endure in Jesus' name. And the Bible tells us to consider it a privilege and an honor to sacrifice a little for our Lord who has sacrificed so much. So hinted at in verse 10 and 11, you see, God, he honors our sacrifice. And when we put our faith into action, it always means we are going to give something up. There will be sacrifice, and every single time, it is worth it. That sacrifice it's worth it. God will bless it and honor you for it. But out of every single thing we've talked about, all the different things, there's one particular thing that is foundational to our life of faith, to the life of a Christian, and it is prayer. Prayer is foundational. As Christians, we know it's our most powerful resources to be in communion with God through prayer. And Counter to James's indictment to the rich and seeking riches, James now shows us that we have one of the most amazing gifts fathomable, and that is the ability for us to communicate and commune with the one true God. Have you thought about that recently? We take this for granted all the time, the power of prayer and the amazingness of it, but think about it truly. How incredible is it that we can communicate with God. I mean, I can't just pick up the phone and talk to the Queen of England or like the President of the United States um, or, you know, we're in awe when we get an actual person when we call customer service. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yet we can call upon our Lord anytime. And he will listen. He will answer. He has time and space for you. You have the Lord's ear. That's amazing. 
amazing because he loves his beloved children. It is humbling. It is awe-inspiring. And in verse 11, James tells us that in our hardships, what do we do? We pray. In our celebration, what do we do? We praise, which is just happy praying is to praise. When we are sick, we bring in others and we rely on the power of community for prayer. And when we mess up, we confess our sins and experience and receive healing and forgiveness and restoration through the power of prayer. Prayer is so completely and utterly essential to the Christian faith, so much so that we are first given that title, that claim as Christian, when we speak a prayer, when we follow God. And so imagine— Imagine what God might do in and through each of us if we each intentionally chose to grow our prayer lives. No matter how faithful you are, there's always room for growth. And so what would happen? Well, let's consider the full range of prayer. You see, prayer, it's relying on God's own power, not our own. It realigns our hearts with God. It seeks the Spirit's guidance and direction, trusting He'll show us the way when we have no clue what way to go. It gets ourselves out of the way. Sometimes I get super stressed out not knowing what to do. And then when I pray, I feel peace that I don't have to know what to do, but wait on the Lord and trust his guidance. It brings clarity to the mud in our minds because we get to commune with our Father. He gets to hear us. We have someone who cares so deeply for us that's listening to every word we say. And we know that prayer is a relationship. It's not a one-way street. It's a two-way street. We speak, but we also listen. We, we give, and we also receive. But it's also non-negotiable. It is so essential and foundational to our faith. Faith without prayer is like a relationship without any communication. Any of you with your kids or with your friends or your spouse, can you imagine what your friendship or your relationship would be like without ever talking, it would probably crumble. Faith without prayer is like a relationship without communication. So I wonder, out of those— oh, go back to the last one, if you could. Out of these ones, what one do you feel like, ah, that one, I need to be reminded of that truth and live into that today? My encouragement is to write it down and put it into action. But we know there is more to prayer than just that, because prayer is also to repent and receive forgiveness and to believe that God's forgiveness has come to us and that he has offered it to us. And so we celebrate that. But it's also a private thing. There's this intimacy to prayer when we get to sit and rest in the presence of God. The Bible says, go into your closet and close the door and, and pray in private to him. But we also know that prayer is public and communal. It's not solely a private endeavor. There is a place for that, and there's also the place for us to speak our prayers in the presence of God's people. It binds us together as one. It breaks down barriers. It softens our hearts, sends us out, and God, through our prayers, can heal and comfort and guide. James's passage on prayer tells us that the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces results. 
So if we are honest, if we are earnest, and we are seeking to be righteous by having our allegiance be to God alone, then God will, he will work in and through us. Prayer is the foundation level part of our faith. So the question we all need to consider as we hear that is, is it foundational this moment in my life? And if it's not, what am I going to do about it? Because in prayer, we proclaim our allegiances to God alone. We submit to the Father's rule in our lives. We receive our marching orders, trusting he will send us to live a life of faith and action sent in the power of the Holy Spirit to love and live like Jesus. And so if this whole book is all about putting our faith into action, then our prayer lives, I dare say, need to leave the stables. I trust each of us have a prayer life. I firmly believe that. I know this place prays faithfully. I hear it. I see it. I felt it. You report. And I also know every single Christian on this good earth can grow in our prayer lives. And so I wonder what it looks like for us to take that next step, to put our prayer in action. And what does that even look like? I dare say it might look like brothers and sisters in Christ praying for each other the very moment they hear there is a need to shift from, I'll be praying for you, to, may I pray for you right now? I wonder if it's to work through that discomfort that we all have of praying out loud, afraid of what humans may think, or afraid of stumbling over our words and tripping over them, and be reminded that we seek to only please our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who delights when his children pray, whose spirit will give us the words when we ask. And if that's not enough comfort, I used to be so terrified of praying out loud. My heavens, it was the worst. In youth group, I did everything the Journey Youth Group still does. Just, hey, who's going to pray? Don't make eye contact. Don't you dare. Soon as you do, you're in, right? <laughs> Every time. Except that a youth pastor who was more relentless than I am and kept saying, Kevin's going to pray for us today. No! And guess what I did? And even when I messed up majorly, I was received in grace. God was honored. He was pleased. And the more I sat in that uncomfort, the more comfortable it became. And now you can't get me to stop. <laughs> so I understand that discomfort, but I trust it is a discomfort for us to break through because there's so much fullness and life and healing and goodness and community when God's people pray out loud together. I need to hear your prayers. You need to hear others' prayers. And together we grow in our life of prayer. So if our prayer and our faith were never intended to be a solely private endeavor, and if the world will know us by our love, I wonder if our love might be most shown most fully through our acts of faith and our words of prayer. I wonder if that might be our witness, our testimony, as we live out our faith and we pray for people. We have this blueprint, the Bible, and James is a specific blueprint we've been looking at. And so as we wrap this up, we have to ask, how will I put my faith in action? How will I respond and live this out? 
Is there something that you know you have been needing to do in your life that you've just been putting off? The time's now. There is an urgency to the Christian life that I think we sometimes forget in our comfort. The time is now. Perhaps you feel the Spirit nudging you to take action based on something you heard today. You know, just like uh, in this chapter, we have had 10 building blocks to add to our life of faith. We have been putting these together throughout the series, and so we long to wait on the Lord. Maybe that's what you feel you need to do today. Or perhaps the idea of not grumbling about others. We didn't have time to unpack that today from the message, but uh, to not judge and to not grumble and all of that stuff. Maybe it's to be patient in your suffering. Maybe right now you're going through, you're through, you're in it this moment, and you just long for relief, and you're sensing the Spirit say, be patient, I am doing something, I am still with you, I got you. Maybe that's for you. Maybe it is to stand by your word and may your yes be yes and your no's be no's and don't be like a willow in the wind, but you are firm in what you say and you follow up on what you do. Or perhaps it's to embrace the full power of prayer. You know it's important. It's time to reclaim that and live into it. Or to worship the Lord with gladness. Come with an expectant, exciting heart. Or to not suffer or struggle alone. Maybe you are in it and you feel like you are in isolation and it's scary to share what you're going through with someone else. But if you don't open up to someone else, no one will know what you're going through. And as soon as you open up and work through that discomfort, God's people can surround you and comfort you and pray for you and help you. So maybe it's to not suffer a struggle alone. Maybe it's to cultivate deep and intimate community by opening up. Maybe it's to join a life group or to simply seek righteousness. Or dare I say, to embrace the power of praying together in community. Those are just 10 building blocks from this one chapter. We add it as the foundation to our other 31 building blocks. It's a cross! (laughs) Who would have known? Because these are our building blocks of faith. If we apply these to our lives, there is no doubt that our lives will start to reflect the perfect one's life. The more we build, the more we shine and resemble Jesus Christ. We'll never be perfect, but we seek to follow in the Lord's footstep, trusting he will guide us. Because in him we have the ultimate blueprint. Fully divine, fully man, who lived a perfect life and showed us the way. He is the way, the truth, the life. These building blocks, uh, if you didn't grab a sheet, uh, I invite you to grab a sheet on your way out. It has all of them from our series. This is not just a list of rules. It's not just a checkbox kind of thing. It's a gateway into a life of purpose and meaning. It's not what we all want. And so we have one final challenge. We've had challenges each way along the way. This is our challenge. To grab one of those lists of building blocks. And you may see that there are Legos scattered all throughout. <laughs> those tables back there, the lobby table up in the front. I would love for you to grab a Lego. And each day, take a look at that list of building blocks and ask God to reveal to you, what do I need to work on today? And if just one of them gives you pause as you read it, rest there. And say, today I will work on controlling my tongue, as an example. And take that Lego, 
put it in your pocket or your purse. And then throughout the day, anytime that you're, you go for your chapstick or your finger brushes against that Lego, you can say another prayer. God, how am I doing? Help me again even now to grow in this area. Or perhaps I uh, encourage you to make it your own. That's a guideline on what you could do. But you could very easily each uh, day or each week uh, choose one. So a whole week I'm going to give to not judging and work to grow in that area. Or maybe you want to buy your own set of Legos at home and use a Lego and work on that thing and work on that thing until you feel like you have grown in that. And then you start to add it to something to show a physical reminder of the intentional work you have been building and doing. Uh, so make it how you want. An extra credit, if you so desire. What's that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay, extra credit. Talk it over with someone else. We are always stronger in community. So if you have something to work on, consider speaking to your spouse or your kids or your friend about it. Maybe you can text it and pray for that person. Can make it a whole community endeavor. Because together we long to build a life have a life of meaning and purpose. A meeting, a life with beauty. And so we will put our faith into action. Knowing it, with it comes sacrifice. And as we do that, we will consider Jesus who sacrificed everything and still overcame. So as we pray and step forward in faith, then we believe that we will overcome. No matter what is thrown at us. Because we have then built a life on a sure foundation. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Both your written word and the living word, Jesus Christ, who indeed gives us the blueprint for how to live. And yet, Lord, you know we are prone to wander. You know... We grapple with sin every minute of every day. And yet we also know you are good beyond measure. So we pray for your power and your guidance and your mercy here and now as you reveal to us the next step to take in faith. We long to build a life of meaning and purpose grounded in you. So show us the way, encourage us, and empower us. We are yours and we love you, and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.